Hello, my dear friend. This is Jean, the founding pastor of Victory Church from Odessa, Texas. Hello. Welcome to another broadcast. This is our Bible study from the letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans. We are reading today in the chapter number 9 from the verses 14 through 18. And this is our episode number 22. If you are interested in getting more about this study, you can go to our Vimeo channel, our YouTube channel. You can go to the Facebook page, Victory Church Odessa, to our website, vchurch.us, but also is available on the podcast. So I'm reading from the easy to read version, and we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, guide us through this study. All right, so let's read. Verse 14. So what does this mean? That God is not fair? We cannot say that. God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I want to show mercy. I will show pity to anyone I choose. So God will choose anyone he decides to show mercy and his choice does not depend on what people want or try to do. Verse 17. In the scriptures, God says to Pharaoh, I made you king so that you could do this for me. I wanted to show my power through you. I wanted my name to be announced throughout the world. So God shows mercy to those he wants to show mercy and make, makes stubborn those he wants to make stubborn. <laughs> well, my friends, I know that everyone feels a little bit, uh, I will say, offended somehow with this uh, portion of the scripture. And why I say offended? Well, because you can't think that God is not fair. But the truth about this concept, about the mercy of God being displayed to certain people, and also somehow God choosing people just to, to be stubborn in order to show His grace, the approach to, to this concept is, is difficult. It's an, a difficult approach. And, and I will totally understand the frustration that anyone when reads this passage, because they will say right off the bat, that's not fair. You know, what does he think? That because he is the creator of everything and everybody, he can just treat us like we are anything? <laughs> it, it's very understandable when you take that approach. But I, I would like I would like to try to explain to you that, in fact, it's not as the first impression of this passage is giving you. You know, of course, when you just read it right away and you see that it's God's decision, who is going to be receiving mercy and who is going to be the instrument for stubbornness or whatever in order to show God's power. The first impression is, is the impression of disappointment and anyone could say, wow, he really doesn't care for people. He just uses us as he pleases. 
as I said, it's very understandable if you have that approach. But I would like to introduce you to something that I have explained before, and it is about the cosmo vision that the, go the good Lord has for his creation, for his universe, and for us as a humankind, and particularly his vision for your life. I would like to start by, by telling you that quite often when I speak with people that uh, they say that they don't believe in God, um, the first, most of the time the, 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 the first question or argument they present to me is, if God exists, so ex tell me, why is it that there is so much injustice in the world? If God exists, uh, explain to me why he doesn't protect children and women and the weak. If he is that fair God with justice and righteousness that you guys say, why is it that throughout history there is so much evil in the world? Explain to me about catastrophes. There is an earthquake in this part of the world and innocent people die. Not to mention wars. Countries bombarding other countries, people dying, and all that. So when, when I talk to people that do not believe in God, they say don't, they don't believe in God. The first argument always is um, the unfairness of life and how a righteous God fare for, fare for, fair God, full of grace and mercy, how can he do not uh, intervene and just let all this mess happen, right? And uh, it's a valid point. It's, it's the same idea, right? Well, wh why is that? And uh, although it's important to, to explain those um, points and try to give an answer to those questions, which I will, and I will try. I will tell you that in reality, the, the, the question, the, the big question people have actually is not about all that only. Deep down, the main question individuals that claim to not believe in God have the main, main question is why I suffered? Why there has been so much injustice in my life? Why, if there is a God, I lived this when I was a child, or my mother, or my father, or my siblings? Why I went through all this? So let's talk about people, for instance, with uh, truly difficult lives, health-wise. Someone that, uh, for instance, uh, is in a wheelchair, or someone that doesn't have arms, to give you an example. Individuals that, uh, that struggle with those kind of uh, tough, tough situations. 
you can say, well, maybe in their case, there is a reason why they say those things. And, and you know very well that the emotional pain, the psychological sufferings, although probably the person doesn't need a wheelchair to walk or to move, excuse me, or even if you don't see the scars in their bodies, you know, there are huge, huge injuries, wounds in their soul and uh, their behavior, the way that they approach life and how they, they behave and how they treat the rest of the people. And in general, their approach to life, their view of life is, uh, is damaged for those sufferings, right? So what I'm saying to you is anyone who suffers tremendous catastrophes in their personal life, those individuals probably they have a more valid point to question why this happened to me. But uh, it is interesting that individuals like that, and I know a few, and personally, one of my uncles was in a wheelchair. He was quadriplegic all his life. And um, I remember uh, in my childhood spending time with him. Uh, someone that was attached to a wheelchair, he was not able to go to the bathroom. Uh, for instance, uh, cleaning his body, just going to the bed, for instance, this kind of things, he was not able at all. And as a kid growing up, when, when you have someone that you love, simply because it's your uncle and you know, nobody tells you, oh, don't touch him because he's in a wheelchair or he has defects because his, his body is messed up, you know, um, you just love him. My siblings and everybody else in the family, we, we love my uncle. But we were aware that he was not able to do the things that we were doing outside, playing. And uh, the games that we played with him were, were games, board games. And he struggled tremendously just to move his arm, to, to move pieces, you know. Uh, to throw the dice, to, to give you an example. But, but uh, it is interesting that I don't remember hearing from him uh, sarcastic comments or uh, seeing him bitter or much less insulting God or anything like that. You know, it is so interesting that in general he was a person with a certain level of contentment with his life, understanding that his body was like that, and he grew up that way. And that is one example that I can give you. But I have been around people with other kind of problems, and, and this is the part that is interesting to me, because I saw that although there were wounds in their souls for those naturally, for those limitations they have, 
in general, they, they were not bitter people. They were not against God. On the contrary, they professed certain degree of faith. No, I was just a kid at that point. So later in life, I met many other individuals with uh, limitations like those. And what I'm saying to you is, it is so interesting that quite often when I talk to people that they talk about how unfair God is, I, I can't help but uh, going to, to those individuals in my mind, I go to those individuals with those tremendous problems. And their, their approach was not like that. Many people today, they, they are mad at God or they say, I don't believe in God for all these injustices and all that. And yet they have a regular body with all the functions, able to walk, to eat, etc. Able to go to school, learning things and having a job. I'm not saying their their pain is is not important. Don't don't take me wrongly, okay? Every pain and every suffering is is important for everybody. For you, for me, your pain is important for you. My pain is important for me. I'm not trying to diminish the severity of pain, but I think that uh, it's very interesting how someone who has although many problems can uh, can choose to have a better perspective of life regardless their sufferings and struggles and others which probably are struggling for with other thing, things that probably from the general viewpoint of the community they are not that uh, severe if you like you see them that they actually act like it's just the end of the world so i begin with this argument because um, honestly saying that god is not fair because this and that well it, you know it's very easy to say that and when we read passages like this when when it says uh, the Lord talking to Pharaoh here in verse 17. I made you king so that you could do this for me. I wanted to show my power through you. I wanted my name to be announced throughout the world. It's like God really chooses some people for certain things that are not pleasant for the rest. And you wonder about real uh, characters in history. And I'm, I'm not going to mention names, but you know people in different countries throughout all the history of humankind that have been cruel and, and you wonder do they were um, did they were chosen by God or and then you have the other angle here when it says the Lord says I show mercy and compassion to whomever I want to show mercy and compassion Well, this passage is complex, and um, I'm not sure if, um, if I am being able to explain to you 
properly a good answer, a good theological answer. But I just wanted to start by saying this. You need to think and trying to be impartial about your own situation and decide if your situation is that severe compared to everybody else and especially those which are in uh, terrible situations. You need to start there. Is your situation that severe? And then you think, well, no, but this is not about me. It's about the rest of the people. Well, here's the interesting part that some, sometimes people are upset for something that is happening to somebody else. And that person that is struggling is not as upset as the first one. So how can you explain that? <laughs> you know, we just watched the Olympics and many people that got their medals came back to their homes to receive recognition and rewards. But you know that there are poor countries where those athletes are going to come back to the same level of uh, poverty that they live, perhaps. And there, there are not going to be, be rewards. So, so many people, they just uh, live in um, um, very difficult circumstances. So there is an athlete that you like and you say, well, that person should be recognized and rewarded and all that. And then you are so angry because in that particular country, <laughs> the government is not giving them any recognition and the World Olympic Committee doesn't release funds to really help this individual to have a better life. And you are very angry, but then suddenly you get a, an interview of this person and this person, even if it's not wealthy or even with living with the same kind of limitations you see this person is smiling and saying you know what I did that with my life and I'm happy and and I will try now to start training kids and so how can you comprehend that that some people that are really hurting they are not as upset as others that are claiming that their anger is because of what is happening to other people so it, it, you have to really be impartial about your personal sufferings and how the ones that are suffering are, are taking this suffering. And finally, you need to think about what is what you can do for those that you care for when they are struggling. But let me give you another example. Uh, people, for instance, can, can come to, to anybody, like they come to me and they say, I have a relative that is right now sick and needs this and needs that. And they tell me the details, right? And they say, could you help us? And I say, well, let me see if I can help somehow, right? And, well, the person that comes to me is concerned. It shows a very legit concern. Okay, I, I, I understand that. And I am going to try to help somehow. But I, I like to ask this person, and what are you doing to help your relative? And it's interesting that quite often they are doing nothing. They just like to bring the misery of somebody to somebody else, probably hoping that this other person is going to do something about it, but they don't do anything. They don't give any money. They don't really help. Or they don't even communicate with the person that is strolling in the first place.
So when it's about sufferings, I, I just gave you the three different scenarios. One is your personal suffering, how severe it is. You have to be impartial about it. Second is if you are struggling for somebody else, are you, are you probably more upset than those that are hurting really? And third, if the ones hurting are really in big trouble, what are you doing in order to help them? Because being an spectator is precisely taking this passage and saying, well, God is just not fair. You know, that, that sounds like a politician. I want to tell you this. Politicians everywhere, their job is to tell you what is wrong and blame somebody so you can vote for them and win the election. That is what politicians do. They take a problem, bring it to the community, tell the community, you need to blame this person for this and vote for me so I can win the elections. Sometimes um, with people it's very similar. They bring a problem just to blame somebody and, and they can get something in return. And, and that is precisely why you have to think about when it's about sufferings in general, to what degree really you are involved in the solution of the situation. Because I know that there are some politicians that are decent and they have integrity and they really care for their cities or states or countries. And I pray for the politicians in Texas and of course here in, in the USA that uh, those that are in government, they will do the right thing. And I pray for them that the Lord will guide them to find solutions for our problems. And there are a few that they, they probably are in that category. But um, with difficulties in the world in general, uh, people are more like a politician kind of type, <laughs> kind of person, uh, just looking for some, some problem to blame somebody, to blame God and say, you see, I'm right. <laughs> so that, that is interesting. It's, it's something that you need to think about it. And then on the other hand, you have this other situation, right? Which is um, confronting yourself with the struggle that you have and being able to cry out to God for help. Because Moses and the Israelites, they did that. And actually the Egyptians were absolutely cruel to the Israelites and mistreated him for years. The last Pharaoh, he was the one that the Lord said, okay, enough is enough. But in the midst of problems, you always need to think that the Lord God is going to listen to the prayers of those who are suffering. And on the other hand, those that are doing wrong things, eventually is going, they are going to get in trouble. So you see, <laughs> it's not that simple like, uh, God is unfair. He chose Moses and he despises Pharaoh. It's not that simple. There is way much behind it. And I know that it, this is a very difficult topic and I don't know if I did a good job explaining 
Um, perhaps one day I will revisit this passage, but for today, this is what I wanted to share with you, and I wish you a beautiful night.